the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. Hey, Dave. Good hey, morning. Gabby. So put the put the bacon down today, Gabby. It's Friday in Lent. We're just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I um I packed oatmeal for lunch again today. So oh boy. It's just going to be a carbon copy of Wednesday. Always the. Always fun times. Well, you know, you know, uh, uh, really, we in South Louisiana, I mean, it's like, okay, give up meat. That is no big deal. Some of the stuff that uh, we have available for us, we are so blessed in South Louisiana. So I recommend, sure, go ahead and give up meat. Uh, you know you're going to have some, maybe some uh, shrimp etouffee. I was going to say crawfish, but that's not available this year. Fish, we have incredible seafoods and stuff like that. So it's like, maybe we should fast something else today, too, a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the delicious food that we have oh, and yeah. it's only going to make it worse mm -hmm. <laughs> but we do, I, I you know you do it as a sacrifice yes. because the greater sacrifice is what is the meaning of why we do what we do during lent but before we dive deeper into all of the wonderful food david if you don't mind opening us up with a morning prayer absolutely in the name of the father and of the mm -hmm. son of the holy spirit amen heavenly father we thank you for the gift of this day Heavenly Father, also everything that we do offer up, we offer up for you and we offer up for those who we love. Holy Spirit, we ask that you give us strength throughout this day to help us carry on. We ask all this through Mary, our mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Gilbert of Amen. Sempringham, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy us. Spirit. Amen. Sempringham. I believe I said that right. I'll <laughs> we'll try find to say it without a British accent. During our state of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some wonderful events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. And today starts the wonderful season of the plethora of fish fries happening <laughs> right now during the season of Lent. So find the right one for you and your family. The menu, there's so many wonderful options. You can go to ccmedia.live to check all of these out right now. Plethora of options. In 18 minutes, plethora. And anytime it's, I can use that word, I'm going great. to use it. Because yes. it's one of my top it's 10 favorite words of all day. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Patrick O'Hearn joins us. He's a Catholic author, and today he's going to be talking about Our Lady of Sorrows, a devotion to Mary's seven sorrows for children. So looking forward to having Patrick join us once again on Wake Up. 
In 35 minutes, we're going to be diving into intercessory prayer with Noelle Delery. She's a spiritual director in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. What is intercessory prayer? How do we do that? Mm. What are the benefits of it? And why do people do it? So we're going to be talking about that with Noelle. She has some wonderful insights, and her information is in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video, so go check that out. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad joins us. He's a professor of dogmatic theology over at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans and president of the St. Louis Ninth Art Society. And during our Catholic 101 segment today, we're going to be talking about the differences between a mass and a communion service. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference, you know? Right. You've been to those before. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. We've had sometimes, a, a, you know, a yeah. priest retreat this past, uh, the, the over a week ago, and uh, there were a lot of communion services around. So we have yeah. to talk about that. Sure. Definitely. So we'll dive deeper into that. Stay with us. We also have one more ticket giveaway. Today is the last Hello. day. This one is a big one. So okay. stay tuned. Stay by that Facebook page right now. It is 5 past the hour on Wake Up. Blessed Friday after Ash Wednesday, today's gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 9. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Two verses in today's reading fit into the first 17 verses of chapter 9 in Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus is depicted as the divine physician. In the passage, Jesus is reproached by the Pharisees because he eats with tax collectors and sinners, and his disciples do not fast. To the first charge, Jesus replied, Go and learn the meaning of the words quoting the prophet Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Then Jesus added, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. In response to why his disciples did not fast, Jesus identified himself as the heavenly bridegroom, his disciples as the sons of the wedding chamber, here translated as the wedding guests, and the time when the bridegroom would be taken away from them as the first hint of his passion and death. By identifying himself as the bridegroom, Jesus connects himself with those Old Testament passages that depict God as the heavenly husband. For example, for your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth he has called, declared the prophet Isaiah. Hosea affirmed, And in that day, says the Lord, that is, when the Messiah comes, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my Baha'u, meaning master. With these words, Jesus is describing his whole public ministry as wooing his bride, leading up to the wedding ceremony that climaxes on Holy Thursday and Good Friday. In the ancient Jewish weddings, the bridegroom was taken away from the sons of the wedding chamber when he entered with the bride into the wedding chamber in order to consummate their marriage. 
Jesus will be beaten to his wedding chamber and nailed to his wedding bed by our sins. Then he is taken away only to rise triumphantly from the dead as the victor over both sin and death. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Father Chris Decker and Jimmy Sagers for today's gospel and reflection. Well, today is the last day we are giving away tickets to the upcoming Fullness of Truth Conference taking place in Alexandria, Louisiana on February 23rd through the 25th. Today, we are giving a very giant family pass. (laughs) So for (laughs) your family, it's... Depending on the size of your family, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's called Real Presence, Real Power, The Eucharistic Life and the Science of Sainthood. Friday through Sunday for you, your spouse, and any children age 21 and younger that live at home. There will be a Saturday youth track program that passes for kids 6 through 18. Meals are not included, but uh, you pretty much get everything else that we've talked about. So you get to go to the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to have uh, just that experience that everyone else has had. But you get to take your entire family with you So that lives at home. So yeah. that sounds like a cool deal. And it's actually worth $175 each pass. So... Gosh. Definitely take advantage of this, Dave. I mean, this is a this is a conference that's been so highly attended, uh, spoken so highly of, and uh, they're back. Yeah, in Louisiana, it, it is an amazing conference. I've I've attended one. Actually, I've I've been part of one, and and just to see how well organized. But then you've got these speakers coming up, giving these dynamic talks. And look, we got Matthew Leonard. This guy is high energy. We had him yesterday. Then you have Doctor Brent Petrie. It just takes you so deep into the mass and into the Eucharist. Dr. Michael Barber and Dr. Brent Petrie are best friends. You've heard Dr. Barber on Catholic Answers Live and the radio, uh, other radio shows as well. Really in-depth without being way over your head. And so you leave so enlightened and inspired. But then you got Debbie Giorgiani, and she is a, a co-host and a host of many Catholic, I mean, many radio shows that we play. Uh, mm-hmm. And also Erin Franco. Erin Franco has some an amazing story. She's a beautiful Catholic mom uh, and has mm-hmm. a beautiful family here in Baton Rouge. And uh, her stories are amazing. And, and then you got the Josh Blakesley band. The youth are going to love yeah. that. And everybody's going to love it. He is so talented. <laughs> so that's uh, next weekend. And boy, those tickets, that's that's high dollar ticket there. So if we're giving those away free, there you go. what do they do if they give up? We do. They, so you go to our Facebook page, Facebook dot com slash Catholic Community Media. Go to our Facebook Live video. That's Wake Up Friday. Comment in the comment section. I want the tickets, and we will email those to you. So the first person to do that will win those tickets. And they have been we we've been given a set every day mm-hmm. for about a week now, and they've been been given away every yeah. day. We just have a whole a big bucket of them. So we this had a is the plethora. last day we to had get a plethora these. of them. Yes. A plethora of them. Yeah, I know. That's right. I figured I'd change it up a little bit. No, no, that's all know. right. I like the word. Anyway. Keep it going. oh my goodness definitely well okay so that's coming up next weekend dave we have a very important event coming up for catholic community media at the beginning of march march 5th through 7th 
uh, is our pledge drive. This is where we have we ask you for alms. This is a chance for you to give alms uh, during Lent. And look, this is what keeps us on the air. These, these, this is a vitally important time for us because we run on your donations. So we, we have to come on the air every now and then and ask for your help. But in doing so, Gabby, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of guests. We have some amazing people mm-hmm. that are lined up to come in studio and, and join us by phone. But it is, it is just very, very powerful. Hey, can you, can you talk about some of the guests we're going to have? So I can. Okay. I was going to reveal that later on, ah, but I will say that our pledge drive is from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday, so March 5th through the 7th. We will have priests and guests from the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Homa Thibodeau, and Biloxi, and the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Some of them, um, including Father Jason Palermo in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Father yes. Todd Lloyd. Um, we have Father Doug Bush of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. We have Dr. Mark Williams from Homa Thibodeau, Father Michael O'Connor from the Diocese of Biloxi. Goodness. And so many other wonderful guests that will join you. Father Jerry Martin in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Stay with us, though, because I will reveal the entire lineup as we approach those dates, as we near those dates and get closer, but save those dates because those donations continue to keep us on the air. We rely on listener donations because we are 100% donor funded. Absolutely. And it's all thanks to you that you're listening to us right now. Stay with us. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 16th. Today we celebrate St. Gilbert of Sepringham. A life of luxury was within easy reach of today's saint. Born in 1083 to a wealthy family in Sepringham, England, but Gilbert chose another path and happily followed it for more than 100 years. Following studies abroad, Gilbert was ordained to the priesthood and served as parish priest at Sepringham. He lived simply, consumed little food, and spent a good portion of many nights in prayer. His congregation included a small number of young women who told him of their desire to live in religious life. A house was built for them adjacent to the church. Later, lay sisters and lay brothers were added to work the land. The religious order formed eventually became known as the Gilbertines, the only one of English origin founded during the Middle Ages. It came to an end when King Henry VIII suppressed all Catholic monasteries. Gilbert died in 1190 and was canonized only 13 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith. Right now, we are joined by Patrick O'Hearn. He's a Catholic author. We're going to talk about the book, Our Lady of Sorrows, Devotion to Mary's Seven Sorrows for Children. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, good morning. You know, it, it, I didn't learn about Our Lady of Sorrows till much later in life. This is a whole different type of prayer, type of devotion. It's an entirely different type of rosary, isn't it? It is. You know, there's actually two main devotions. There's just the simple devotion, which I advocate in this book, is just praying seven Hail Marys in honor of each of the seven sorrows. And Uh then there's also the rosary, 
which is, you know, an hour father, seven Hail Mary. So, and that's so 49 Hail Mary. So that's, there's two devotions, uh, but this book kind of focuses more on the simpler vocation of the seven Hail Mary. Okay. Okay. Well, talk about that. Talk. It's so, so it is for kids like around what age? I would say it's actually, you know, I would say around seven to 11. But the thing is, I really believe adults will enter into this book. So, you know, I have, it's almost like the Lexio Divina. I, I begin with a scripture verse that, that shows where that sorrow comes from. Mm-hmm. And then I have Our Lady kind of speaking to the child or the adult through that, what she's experiencing in that sorrow. And then we have the Hail Mary, you can pray in English and Latin. And then we have a prayer to Mary to acquire that virtue in that sorrow. So that's how it's laid out. And then at the end of the book, there's a litany of, our Lady of Sorrows, written by a uh, um, servant of God, Pius VII, Pope wow. Pius VII. Wow. And then there's prayers in English and Latin for children, and then there's also four original prayers from Father Rippinger, uh, one of the, the renowned exorcists, to help children with to pray for their vocation, a prayer of protection, and uh, a prayer of gratitude. So, My goodness, this is chock-a-block. This is a lot to it. Now, mm. so you have the English version of the prayer and the Latin version of the prayer throughout the book? I do, especially like the Hail Mary. You know, I, I want children to, you know, obviously to be able to pray that, you know, to be introduced, you know, Latin's part of our uh, patrimony, and for, for children to be able to, to know the Hail Mary or the Our Father in English and Latin, and so uh, those are offered as well. My goodness. And, and wow. so now it's illustrated as well? It is. Uh, the illustrator is uh, Adelaide Hood, and she is she's one of the most phenomenal il- um, illustrators. And I mean, you just look at the front cover, I mean, I wanted her to put the pieta on the front, and it, I mean, you just see Mary's tears in, in these images, and it'll really, I mean, when you when you look at this, it's, I mean, you can just tell how much time she put into to these to these illustrations. Would you say this is a good Lenten book uh, for? Oh my goodness! For everyone, I think so. For the family, huh? <laughs> it is. You know, that's yeah. why I say, like, you know, for parents to. That's why I say adults, when they read this, it's, you know, this isn't just, you know, I, my, my original intention was for children, but as, as adults, as you read this with your, your kids, you're going you're gonna to want to enter in. And I, I wrote an article that came out yesterday with uh, Ignite, I can't even say Ignite them today, but I, <laughs> I said that Mary is the secret to having the best Lent, because she knew Jesus more than anyone, and we often try to, to do things on our own, but when we enter into Mary's sorrows, she leads us to Christ's Christ pain, but then at the same time, she consoles us. Okay, so how mm-hmm. many chapters would you say, well, you know, I wouldn't I say, would you say, you obviously know, how many chapters are in this book? Well, what I'm asking, the reason I'm asking is, is, like, is it like a daily devotional type thing, or? You know, it's, it's, well, it's an illustrated children's book, so it's about, you know, it is about 50, I want to say it's around 50 pages. Oh, so, good, okay. Um, but, it, you know, it's, you know, so you can, I mean, you can spend, you know, I mean, I encourage parents to maybe to do one sorrow a day. I mean, you could read it through in maybe 10 minutes, but you could also, you know, pick, you know, one sorrow each week and just reflect on that. That's nice. That's nice. I've got a lot of grandkids. That's this. why I'm asking all these questions. Uh, I, well, you go ahead, Gabby. I think that I think that the age group that Patrick, you say that this book is geared toward seven through eleven. Although adults are encouraged to read it as well, mm-hmm. it's such a critical age that our kids are experiencing in today's world with modern technology, video games, cell phones, um, you know, and just the media out there as well. Uh, for parents who are concerned for their children and just want to do the right thing um, and really lead them into the faith, because maybe social media and well, you know, that's a young age to have social media, but phones and everything like that can 
really geared them toward a different direction. Yes. Um, how would you recommend parents go about that and, and devoting the family to Our Lady of Sorrows during this very um, delicate time in their child's life? Yeah. yeah, great question. I mean, Our Lady promised St. Bridget of Sweden, and she said there's seven promises which coincide with like the seven Hail Marys, but and, and one of them is, she, it's my favorite promise, she was, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. Oh, wow. And so when you pray these seven Hail, Mary, Hail Marys, like I encourage families, you know, we started during Lent. I've always had this devotion. It's just been a gift that God's given me. And, but and I, I've, during Lent, I've said to my family, and, you know, we have two children, two small children, and I said, let's, you know, we're going to kneel down every night, and we're going to just pray these seven Hail Marys. It's very simple. It you know, takes a few minutes, but mm-hmm. it's a powerhouse of protection. And, you know, there's so many devotions in the Catholic Church, and it's tough with little children, you know, to sit down through a whole rosary. You know, maybe you do the dec- uh, decade of the rosary, mm. but I, I feel like this one, and not, not, I'll put it this way, not everyone's, you know, we, we can't be drawn to, there's so many devotions in the right. Church. So if, not everyone can be attracted to this, but I do feel like this is one of them. It's so simple, it, and right. I do feel like it is so powerful that, that, you know, just the promises alone will make you want to pray this. So it's inspirational, and it's an e- easy, easy way to start a devotional, it sounds like. So what inspired you to do this? I think, since I've been little, you know, I just always had this, and I was, I was, I was saying, I'm, I have like a, melan- you know, obviously part melancholic, so I've always been drawn to like <laughs> Mary's heart, like her sorrows. I feel like, you know, she's hated by the world, and, and so when I was about 15 years ago, I bought a statue of Our Lady with the seven swords. And my oh mom's my. like, why do you have that? Like when we'd have guests come over, she'd almost be like, let's go hide it. You're going to scare people away. But I just, I've always been drawn to Mary's heart. And I just, I, I feel like, you know, she's overlooked. You know, you see in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. And, and it's like, she's at the forefront. Her she's pain right there. is often, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. we just forget about her. And I feel like when we console Mary, you know, that she consoles us too. My goodness, my goodness. All right, so how available? Is the book out yet? You know, the book comes out this Tuesday, and it's available at uh, Sophia Press. Okay. Oh, so you can pre-order Press. it now. Yep. All right, so the book is called Our Lady of Sorrows, Devotion to Mary's Seven Sorrows for Children by Patrick O'Hearn. Patrick, uh, God bless you. This, this sounds like a wonderful way to, to uh, get into Lent, especially for the kids. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you both. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Wow. Yeah. I think this is great. You know, as young parents or parents with young children, especially at that age, we're constantly navigating what the right thing to do is, especially in regard to technology. You can't go um, wrong with There's so books. much pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's so much pressure in school now to have a cell phone at, yes. at this age or be a part of this social media platform. And I think that this could really help families, but also children navigate, okay, what is the reason for Lent um, and who we can maybe turn to in times of anxiety because the anxiety is so high in young children. I'm reading that, yes. um, And parents. Right. So I think this is a really great uh, resource to turn to, especially introducing devotion to Our Lady at such a young age. That's true. Um, I I love this book that Patrick has, and the pictures are absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend taking a look at it. Great, great. You know what we didn't get to in our announcements, by the way, Gabby? Talk about uh, shifting oh. gears here. We didn't talk about any of the fish fries. Do you want to you yes. talk about a few of those? Well, 
So we have a couple of them we will talk about, but there are, are a lot of them a that lot. you can find on our website, ccmedia.live. Well, see, I mean that you don't repeat the same word in a paragraph, you know, change up the word a little bit. Um, But no, so every Friday during Lent, except Good Friday, uh, the Knights of Columbus will over at St. Joan of Arc in Laplace will have a fish fry plate for $13 or a $15 shrimp or combo plate served with hush puppies, corn, potatoes, and cake. You can even spice it up and add some cheese sticks for an extra five dollars. Would sound so would worth it. Add cheese you know, sticks to me. Oh gosh! You can okay. add cheese sticks. I don't so. see how you could, but yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, three thirty to seven p.m. over at Saint Joan of Arc in Laplace every Friday during Good Friday, and that kind of seems to be the theme with the fish fries. Of course, every Friday except Good Friday. They'll probably offer some sort of uh, fish fry, but that's over in Laplace. Yeah, in I'm, the looking, at, I'm New looking at Father Silos on Dauphine Street in New Orleans. Now, look, listen mm-hmm. to this one real quick here. You're going to get mm-hmm. uh, uh, fried fish, coleslaw, and baked mac and cheese. Okay, that sounds like a, a meal in itself. But wait, there's more: <laughs> seasoned green beans. And then you get dessert. So I mean, and then you need a nap. I'm thinking after that. But anyway, this is uh, this is once again uh, all of those all of the Fridays, right? And they have a they have yep. uh, that's five to seven, and they have a drive to as through as well. So that's uh, uh, blessed Father uh, blessed Francis Xavier Silos, uh, Paris on Dauphine Street in New Orleans, Gabby. Wow. I, I think I heard Karen Cotton, our yeah. video technical director, shriek yes, you because did. of the menu. I think uh, the seasoned green beans no. got her. So <laughs> I love it. There's a drive through. There's so many options. Go and support these wonderful church parishes, Knights of Columbus councils. Sometimes a lot of the proceeds go toward the school that yes. the uh, the council is kind of attached to. So uh, you're definitely helping out a lot of people there. Uh, but yeah, fun for the whole family and definitely take a look the menu a lot of the menus i've noticed have vegetarian options now vegan options gluten options uh, for you um and your family so definitely take a look at that fast throughout the day so that you can have this meal at night and that way you're still fasting right definitely most definitely well we are going to learn a little bit more about intercessory prayer with noel delery when we return from the break it is half past the hour on wake up It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Noelle Delery joins us. She is a spiritual director over in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today we are talking about the power of intercessory prayer. Hey, Noelle, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Gabby. Good morning. Good morning. This is something I hear about quite often, but we have listeners who have never heard of intercessory prayer. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is? Okay, intercessory prayer is um, praying for others. And we are, and most people pray for others, uh, their family members, for the church, for the world, um, but they don't maybe realize that's what intercessory prayer is. And so um, there are more fruitful ways that we can pray where we can make our prayers more powerful. Um, and so this is why I did a course on uh, it's actually a program 
called Becoming a More Fruitful Intercessor to explain what intercession is um, and uh, how to make our intercession more powerful. So um, I, I don't know if you want me to tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it is um, seven sessions of video teachings that I give in two demonstrations by my intercessory prayer group. And um, it is not just to convey, and it's online, that it can be accessed Mm -hmm. at any time. So people could go through it at their own pace. They um, um, can watch the videos more than once. Um, They'll have up to five years to watch them. Um, But it's a, I call it a formation program because the goal is not to just convey information about intercession. It's to really bring about a transformation to help the participants grow in the gifts that make their intercession more powerful. And so as I um, explain about intercession uh, right now, um, these are some of the things that I talk about in the course and and teach and people grow in um, that you know, so many people, one of the main principles for really powerful intercessory prayer is being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, so often uh, someone will, when they're praying for others, they'll ask God to do what they think he should do, you know, and yes. it, it, you know, we, we typically yes. pray for the obvious, don't yes. we? Yes, And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's so much more powerful when we ask God what he wants to do, what graces does he want to give the person or situation, because we don't really know, only he knows. And so we ask him, and then once he shows us, then that's how we pray. And so we're simply uh, praying, um, we're simply asking him to do what he's showing us he wants to do. We're praying according to the mind and heart of God. And so it's it's very, very powerful. Um, and so it's a matter of discernment, and it's mm. a matter of taking the time to, to ask him, um, not just assuming we know how to pray for mm-hmm. others. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, that yeah, is so really another, interesting. I, this is David jumping in on this. But, you know, when you're David. talking like that, I'm thinking, gosh, this is almost like a conversation. I try to picture myself having a conversation with my wife, sitting across from her and just pretty much doing all the talking and tell her what I want. And what I need. I don't think that's, you know, that, that conversation wouldn't last well, too long guilty. anyway. Would it? Yeah. <laughs> We've all done it. Yeah. We've yeah. all done it. Exactly. And we probably have done it this, we did it this morning. Um, you know, Noel, when we're in crisis mode or we're praying for a family member or, yeah. we're, you know, there's a natural disaster or we're really struggling at the moment trying to find a job, uh, things are just really just not going our way. We tend to panic and we tend to think this is how God's going to solve it. God, just just do it this way. You are absolutely right. So when we're stuck in those situations, how can intercessory prayer really help us? Well, we, we see what happens in a, a crisis often, we are focusing on the situation, mm-hmm. the problem, mm-hmm. and we're focusing or we're focusing on ourselves and, and, and slipping into maybe some self-pity or um, we, we get into hopelessness, uh, worry. But when we turn to the Lord, when we keep the eyes of our hearts on Him and ask Him 
to show us how to pray. It, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 we, we draw our strength from Him. We draw our hope from Him. And so one of the very important um, principles of powerful intercession is that the deeper our relationship with Jesus, the more fruitful our intercession is because he is the intercessor. He reconciled God and man through his passion, death, and resurrection. And as St. Paul tells us in Romans 8, that Jesus, the high priest, he sits at the right hand of the Heavenly Father and intercedes for us. And so when we pray for others, we participate in the intercession of Jesus. And so the deeper our relationship with him is, the more fruitful our prayers are because it's Jesus praying to the Heavenly Father mm. through us. And so we are tapping into His power and authority. It's not our own power and authority. It's His flowing through us. And so mm-hmm. um, it's... Um, so it's an, this is a really, this program that I have put online is an excellent program for Lent because it's one of its goals. It's to help deepen that relationship with Jesus so that our prayers are that much more uh, effective. And so it, it talks a lot about how to grow in our prayer life, in our personal prayer life, because oh, that's good. our the power of our intercession flows out of that relationship. Jesus tells us in uh, John 15 that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. That's an amazing promise. But see, it's relationship that God wants. When, when things are going on in our lives, in our, in our world um, that are upsetting, he wants us to turn to him. He wants a relationship yeah. with us. That's what he wants above everything. And so um, turning to him for, uh, to intercede for what's going on in a, in a spirit-led way is extremely powerful. Absolutely. So, okay, this is a wonderful program to do during Lent. If you don't know what you're doing, you're giving up something, this is something maybe you could do extra mm-hmm. uh, for those who are still looking for ideas because it will definitely uh, deepen your relationship with God. I think that it will also, uh, you will take away some fruitful uh, tips on prayer life as well, especially if you're just getting started or you're new to our faith or you're just curious about our faith, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to dive deeper into that. Noelle, where can our listeners go and our viewers go to learn a little bit more and to maybe be a part of this program that you have? They could email me. At, it's, um, my email address is Noelle Gallery, my name, 7, the number 7, at gmail.com. So that's N-O-E-L-D-E-L-E-R-Y 7 at gmail.com. And... Um, I have a link to uh, the registration page, the web page, that um, I don't know if it's something you all can post on the replay. I I don't know. But Mm -hmm. um, definitely by emailing me, I can send the information. And um, because, you know, all baptized Christians are called to intercede for others. Mm -hmm. It's part of our baptismal identity. And it should become a lifestyle, not something we just do from time to time. And so um, it's, we need to learn to recognize, um, be, to be attentive throughout the day as to what is the Lord asking me to pray for? Who is he um, prompting me to pray for? Um, and, mm-hmm. and then to then ask him how to pray for that person. Because you know, he, he will put burdens on our heart. Um, like he might ask you to pray for something that he's not asking you to pray for. 
for or ask me to pray. You might mm-hmm. ask me to pray for something he's not asking you to pray for. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's being alert to what is he asking me to pray for? We might hear something on the news that, or from another source that just um, tugs at our hearts. You know, we just can't mm-hmm. quit thinking about it. Well, he's, that's usually an invitation from the Lord yeah. to, to pray for that intention. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, Noel. We appreciate your joining us. Thank yes. you so much, Spiritual Director of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And well, thank you so much for being a part of today's show. Thank you for having me. Um, you have a blessed day. Thank you. God you too i did post noelle's website in the comment section for for today's facebook live video that's wake up friday so you can find out all the information on the course and exactly what noelle does on intercessory prayer highly recommend taking a look as well well stay with us dr jordan haddad joins us as we continue our segment of catholic 101 it is 45 past the hour on wake up Hour. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith playing guitar. And right now we are <laughs> right now we're joined by Dr. Jordan Haddad. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary and president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. We're going to be having our Catholic 101 segment, you know. But I always uh, I, I'm most curious, Dr. Haddad. Welcome. Um, I appreciate you joining us, but I'm also most curious, uh, what does a professor of dogmatic theology do for Lent? (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Hey. I guess I do the same thing everyone else does. Okay. I don't know. I'd I'd have to He's just one of us. I just picture something really (laughs) profoundly deep, you know, that I wouldn't even understand. So I I was just curious if you did. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, Dr. Haddad, last, last week for us, we had a lot of our priests out on retreat. And uh, so uh, a lot of times we had communion services instead of mass uh, for our daily masses. And uh, we, I, I wanted to talk to you about the difference between a regular mass and a communion service and how that works. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it's something I think most people are probably familiar with, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, probably something that we'll become more familiar with uh, as as time goes on, just with the, you know, the increasing, you know, shortage of, of, um, of priestly vocations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, um, and so, yeah, so it's an important topic for us to be able to understand, because we, we want to properly understand each of these two things in their own right and appreciate them in their own way, but also you know, not confuse or kind of muddy the waters when thinking about the relationship between the two. Um, so the Mass is something we're all familiar with. You know, it is the sort of beating heart of the Church's liturgy, and the liturgy is the, the public prayer of the Church, the public worship that she offers to God the Father in and through Jesus Christ with, for the glory of the Father, but also for the sanctification of man. And so the Mass really is the, like I mentioned, it's like the beating heart of the Church's public life of prayer. Right. And it is, you know, one part of the wider liturgy, you know, the liturgy as a, as a whole, also including things like baptism, confirmation, all the other sacraments, mm-hmm. as well as a number of other features of the Church's public prayer that don't include the sacraments, but, but participate in the in the in the worship of Christ, um, the sanctification of man that He makes possible for us. Um, with the communion service, really, what we're talking about 
is a way, an opportunity for the faithful to receive Holy Communion outside of the context of a Mass. So it's not another form of the Mass. It's not even a substitute for the Mass as such, but rather it's a way that the Church makes available to the faithful um, Holy Eucharist in circumstances where she otherwise uh, otherwise we wouldn't be able to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So whether that's because a priest isn't available or whether it's because, um, you know, a priest has already celebrated the two Masses that he really is supposed, you know, that he can celebrate in a day. Sometimes there's there's exceptions that are made, and he can celebrate more than two, but really, in canon law, he shouldn't celebrate more than two Masses in a given day. Mm-hmm. And so even a priest can lead a communion service to make Holy Communion available without at the same time mm-hmm. celebrating entirely new Mass. Um, and so the structures are very similar to one another, but it's going to be different because a communion service primarily is not going to include, you know, um, the liturgy of the Eucharist right. and its most important part with the Eucharistic prayer and consecration and things like that. Um, but otherwise, we'll follow a very similar structure. You always hear about uh, what's the magnitude of during the Mass. You know, it is the most powerful prayer that we could possibly do and it, it is it is just a, a, a immense uh, is it going to these communion services i mean are, are, is it any less you know or or i mean it should we should still go correct yeah that's that's a really good question um so a couple of things mm-hmm. um so for the sunday obligation for example all catholics are obliged to um, to participate in Holy Mass for their Sunday obligation, or for, you know, and also you can also have a Saturday vigil that will fulfill that obligation. Right. Um, when it's not possible for us to fulfill that Sunday obligation for any number of different reasons, but there should be rather serious reasons, um, you know, the Church uh, then dispenses us from that obligation. So the Church never requires us to do the impossible. If okay. we can't go to Mass. Then we're we're dispensed from that from that requirement for that given weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, however, interestingly, she doesn't then oblige us to go to a communion service. Rather, she'll make the church makes recommendations or strongly recommends to the faithful that if they can't attend Sunday mass, then they sanctify the, the day in some other way. Whether that's participating in a communion service if that's available or having set aside family prayer time, or doing something else to keep the day holy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, a communion service is, is a wonderful gift and opportunity to receive Christ in the Eucharist, and what greater intimacy and you know, value is there than receiving Christ in the Eucharist? Um, and so in that sense, it's, you know, it's, it far exceeds merely, pub, merely, private, merely private prayer. Uh, but at the same time, we also want to keep in mind, this is a really important point, that, that, that the Mass itself is more than just receiving the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mass really is in entering into the prayer of Christ and the, the Paschal mystery of Christ, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ to the Father, where, where even at this moment Christ offers the, the sacrifice of His love for the human race to the Father. And, and in the Mass, we're brought up and invited to participate in that. Right. You know, such that we conform ourselves to Christ and we offer ourselves with Christ. Mm-hmm. And in return, the Lord gives us Himself in the Eucharist. But the Mass is more than just receiving the Eucharist, even though 
receiving the Eucharist is the, the pinnacle, the high point of the thing. Um, and in that sense, a communion service is quite different from the Mass because it's not going to include that same overarching liturgical action of, of uniting ourselves and, and entering into the prayer of Christ. It's sort of like this is just a way for the Church to make available to us receiving Holy Communion, when otherwise we wouldn't be able to, which is still a great thing, but it's just not the fullness of the thing. Okay, okay, I, I understand. So it's not it's not something that I mean, you you, you certainly certainly want to attend. It, it's certainly not the mass, but you certainly would want to attend. You're going to receive Christ in the Eucharist, and yeah. and they do yeah. have the consecrated hosts there for that very reason, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Great, great. Well, uh, Dr. Haddad, uh, how can folks get in touch with you when they want to learn more about that? Uh, I, I have an address for the St. Louis Nine Art Society, which you're a big part of, too. Uh, is, is that the address that we uh, go with? Yeah, so okay. with the Art Society, we have a Lincoln Mission Chamber concert coming up. Oh, boy. Immaculate Conception uh, in Denham Springs mm -hmm. on Monday, March 18th, which more information is on our website about that. And then also at the seminary, we have our Aquinas lecture coming up on March 5th. And the lecture is going to be, the lecture is entitled, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in Aquinas. Wow. The Phoenix, the Chimera, and the Existence of God. So Very Dr. Doolin from Catholic University in Washington, D.C. will come deliver that lecture. Wow. All right, Dr. Haddad. Thanks once again for joining us. Looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you all so much. All right. God bless. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting how today is so strongly centered on prayer. I, I love the way a, a theme of a show just kind of rises up to the top, but uh, how it is uh, strongly tied to the sacrament of prayer. And what a good day for that. And what a yes. good time for prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's do the morning offering. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you all my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, for reparation of all our sins and, and uh, all Christians, in particular the Holy Father, for this month. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.